0: Welcome to the Social Dallas Podcast. Today you'll hear an uplifting message from our pastor, Robert Madu. Our hope is that you would not only feel inspired, but that your relationship with God would flourish like never before. I'm so excited and ready to preach this. We have been in a series called The Rest of Your Life. The Rest of Your Life. And we've just been coming around this idea that we have got to learn how to operate, not from striving, but from resting. Understanding that God has a rhythm that he placed before the foundation of the earth in creation And that rhythm is not for you to keep going and going and going and going. He has a rhythm of Rest not stress, but rest. Look at your neighbor and say oh you would smile better <laughs> If you <he> would rest <laughs> I'm telling you I'm telling you and it's critical. It's critical because here's what I've learned and I don't want to preach before I preach hear me, rest, you can either take a rest voluntarily or involuntarily. You can either choose to rest or you can have your life break down and you will rest. But either way, you're going to rest. It is a system that God has placed in the earth. And so each week we've been looking at it. We've been in this series since Mother's Day. I encourage you to get on YouTube, get on our podcast, watch all of them. But I'm going to add another layer to it today. Go with me to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, we're just going to read one verse of scripture, because one is all I need. When you're ready to read it, say, yeah. Yeah. If you ain't ready, say, hold up. Always somebody in the balcony, hold up. (laughs) Come on, it's on one, two, three screens, player. Here we go. (laughs) Look what it says. It says, now the promise of entering into God's rest is still for us today. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it it's so nice i want to read it twice especially that first verse now the promise of entering into god's rest is still for us today so we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. Can you say amen? amen. I wanna to preach today using this as a title I'll rest when I get there. I'll rest when I get there. Look at your neighbor for the last time. Actually, I can't promise that. <laughs> Just say, neighbor, amen. I'll rest. When I get there, come on, let's pray before we go into this father, thank you for your word, speak to our hearts today. Amen. You may be seated. I'll rest when I get there. Social fam, there is a quote that I've loved throughout the years and I've often stated it and I believe it's attributed to Augustine. And the quote is this. The world is a book, and those who do not travel have only read one page. The world is a book, and those who do not travel have only read one page. I I really love that quote because, to me, intricately woven within that quote is a principle that you can't really get perspective on where you are if where you are is the only place that you've been. For example, if you were born in Texas and you were raised in Texas, you've always lived here in Texas, and you breathe Texas, and you ain't never gonna leave Texas. How many know you don't know anything about Texas? You have to leave the place that you are to gain a different perspective on the place that you are. If you really want to know about Texas, you ought to go to the Bronx. You ought to go to New York. Go to New York and then come back to Texas. And then go back to New York and then come back to Texas. And then go back to New York and then come back to Texas. And and all of a sudden you will galvanize a perspective that you didn't know that you had. You'll learn stuff like, New York people are not rude. They just tell you what they think about you to your face. And then you'll learn something about Texas and understand that Southern hospitality is really just code language for, I'ma talk about you behind your back. <laughs> New York people look at you in your face and say, I don't like you or your mother. <laughs> Texas people be like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. I love your shoes. We gotta hang out one day. Yeah, bring your mom. As soon as you walk away, girl, them shoes are terrible. Did she get them from her mama? I will never hang out with her. <laughs> You won't know about Texas. You won't gain perspective on where you are until you go to a different place. Not only do you need to go to a different place to gain perspective, sometimes you have to switch your pace to gain perspective. This is what we've been trying to articulate in this series, that God has a pace. You cannot do an audit of your life while you are constantly moving in your life. There must be a Sabbath. There must be a pause so that you can reflect, so that you can look back. So that you can think about your life. God has a rhythm. And the rhythm is not. He did not create you as the energizer bunny. You cannot keep going and going. No, God has a rhythm that he placed in Genesis. And it goes. It never gets all. That ah, is the Sabbath. It's the pause. So in order to galvanize perspective on where I am. Sometimes I have to go to a new place and I also have to watch my pace Or as one author by the name of Mark Batterson says change of place plus change of place equals change of perspective Because the world is a book and those who do not travel have only read one page Now in honesty that used to be my favorite quote because I used to love to travel now That ain't my quote no more. I am good with one page, okay? I'm gonna tell y'all right now, I am good. I do not want to travel anymore. Thank the pandemic took traveling out of me. I am fine with one page. I'm good with one paragraph. I don't want to go anywhere. I am fine being at home. Let me give you some perspective. You understand, for 16 years of my life, 16 years of my life, there was not a single week that I was not flying to a city, multiple cities throughout the week to preach for 16 years of my life. Every week for 16 years I was flying somewhere to a different city. Every week for 16 years. I never was not going to Dallas Fort Worth Airport for 16 every week um, oh y'all gonna feel this for 16 years every week TSA every week people in my way every week long lines every week enterprise every week carrying bags on the plane every week flights delayed every week Every week, sitting next to strangers. Talking about where you're headed. Same place as you, homie. Every week, dealing with stewardess. Every week, dealing with rude stewardess. Talking about airplane mode. Yeah, I told you last time, every week. So I'm good, I'm good. I've done my traveling, been there, got the miles. I am cool with being at home. I love home, home is rest for me. And now when I travel, guess what I love now? Ooh, road trips. Road trips are my jam. How many of you love a good road trip? Road trip. I wanna drive now. I'm done with it. Let me be in my own car. Don't gotta have nobody telling me, uh, put your mask up, I'll over your nose. No, let me drive in my own car. Road trips are crazy. Road trips are crazy with kids. Ooh, any parents in the room today? in a car with your kids. That is a trip. Especially my kids. Because I've learned this. My kids, I learned this on our road trips, are spoiled. Spoiled. With a T. Not spoiled. Spo- spoiled. I learned this on road trips. The reason I know they're spoiled with teeth is because I took road trips as a kid. I took, and their road trip experience compared to my road trip experience is completely different, okay? Vastly different. Understand, our road trips when I was growing up, we weren't poor, but my, I mean, my goodness, we weren't balling either. We took road trips in a Mazda van, cloth interior seats. You know what I'm talking about? There was no rear air condition control. You just had to move your head and hope that the front air conditioner hits you in the face <laughs> in the back talking about mama is hot well close your mouth then and you won't be hot <laughs> road trips are different with me I'm telling you there was there was no iPads we didn't have no TV in the Mazda van I'm not making this up to be, be funny my, my siblings are here they'll corroborate the story our road trip entertainment was my Nigerian father in the front seat talking about I'm thinking of a number between 1 and 20. <laughs> Am I lying? <laughs> I'm thinking of a number, and we'd be hype about it, like, oh, is it 10? No, not 10. Oh, is it four? This is my road trip experience. Yo, we had generic brand snacks. Generic brand snacks. I'll never get my first Cheetos. I was like, man, they copied off a of cheese puff. I like, what is this? That's my road trip experience. Pull over to eat at Luby's, okay? That's my road trip life. My kids, these bougie kids right here. In a Denali in the back seat with down comfort pillows and little personalized Disney blankets with their names stitched all in it. Got a Blu-ray player arguing about what they want to watch on the TV. These spoiled little kids that I'm raising. Got a crate and barrel basket with snacks from Whole Food Market. And they got the nerd to be perusing through it. Talking about, mm, I don't know about this. These spoiled little kids that I'm raising with little notes because you know it Taylor, encourage You're special. Little notes in the snack basket going on. What am I raising? <laughs> Makes me so mad. you are spoiled. So I get frustrated with them on the road. And I'll tell you tonight, my two road trip rules. I only got two of them. Road trip rule number one. You're rolling with me. Number one is don't ask me, are we there yet? And number one. Number two that's intrinsically connected to number one is you gotta understand that this is a non-stop trip. this is a non-stop okay how many hours this is a non-stop drive when I say go before we leave I mean that okay if you didn't go before we leave you better hold it you better hold it because we are not taking no exit this is a non-stop trip I don't pull over at certain exits we keep going I'm be honest I've never in my life pulled over at this right here I don't even know what they do at these rest areas. I have never pulled over at one of these. Those of you that have pulled over at one of these rest areas, may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations. Because I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I truly believe, because I've seen forensic files, that people that should be arrested hang out at the rest areas, waiting for you to pull over so they can kill you. So I don't pull over. We will rest when we get there. But daddy, I need to go to the bathroom. Can you hold it? Because we'll rest when we get there. Well, I gotta go. I know. You can go when we get there. We will stop when we get there. But until then, I'm trying to break the Guinness World Record for the fastest trip. (laughs) We'll rest when we get there. And I share that with you tonight because I'm wondering how many of you are living your lives the way that I take a road trip. Because you got your hand on the steering wheel and you are focused on your life and you're driving and you got tenacity and you got grit and you got determination. Meanwhile in the backseat, your family, your friends, your emotions, your mental health, your physical health, are all in the backseat going, can we please pull over? Can, can, we, can we just stop just for a little bit? And there you are, talking about, we will rest when we get there. But, but please, I just, your, your emotions, Can we put, can I, I just need a moment. We will rest when we get, I just got this job. I'm trying to get a promotion. I will rest when I get there. I I just got this business. I got to get it off the ground, okay? The devil's busy. I got to be busy too. Come on, you got to grind. You got to hustle. I will rest when I get there. And in the back seat, just like a little six-year-old kid, Then all of your emotions and the people in your life that love you, then ask the question, well, are we there yet? And you're like, don't ask me that again. (laughs) But, But are we there yet? That's actually the first question I have for you today is, are you there yet? In life, are you there yet? Let me answer for you. Of course, I'm not there yet, Robert. Okay, I am growing. Uh, I'm constantly striving. Okay, you never arrive in life. You got to keep going step by step, day by day. That's what the old school song said. Of course, I have not arrived. Uh, I'm not not there yet. I'm I'm on a journey. Okay, all right. Another question. Um, Where is your there? Where is your there? Because believe me when I tell you, all of us have a there every single person in this room watching online, you have a there. You have a place, a there. It's your rest area. It's the place that you say either verbally or even subconsciously, when I get there, I'll stop. When I get there, I'll take a break. All of us have a there. I'm wondering, what is your there? Is it a spouse? Is it a house? Is it a new car? Is it a certain income, a certain salary? Where is your there? This is a question that you don't even got to be a believer to ask. answer. You're going to be an atheist today, and I think it's important for you to define what is your there. Because if you haven't even defined what it is, how I many of you know, that's going to be a long trip. Just out there driving. I want to ask you, where is your there? Sometimes our there is the thing that we say, if that happens... I'll be happy. If that happens, then I can finally get some rest. Where is your there? Have you even defined it? Some of us haven't even defined it. But I think you got to define it first. And when you do define it, I hope you reach it. I hope you reach it. I hope you reach it so you can actually feel the hollow, shallow feeling Of getting there and realizing it didn't feel as good as I thought it would. I ain't gonna get a whole lot of amens tonight. (laughs) Has anybody ever had a there and then got there only to go? Is that it? This is the there? This is the paradox of life that sometimes it actually feels better to strive for the there than to actually arrive there. It's that feeling that some of you who graduated recently experienced. Remember graduation? You worked so hard with your smart self, staying up all those nights, living on five-hour energy in Red Bull. I mean, stressing, studying. I mean, Googling and copying and pasting and doing all that you gotta do. (laughs) Spending all that time right, stressed out, (laughs) And you finally had the big day! All your family's there, your auntie you don't even like is there, all of them are there! And there you are with your cap and gown. And after you ate the cake, after all your family went home, you in your room by yourself, looking at your degree that you paid a whole lot of money for, and you still gotta pay off. (laughs) And you're going, is that it? This is bare, but. it? See, this is what people don't tell you. People don't tell you you can have a degree and still be depressed. You can have a degree in psychology. And still be depressed. And it feels so bad because the lie that you told yourself was that degree equals happy and now you have it and there doesn't feel like there all of us in this room we have a there I'll tell my stuff because you can't tell your stuff I know what it's like to have a there I started preaching Frankie when I was 16 years old it's amazing whenever you find your thing the thing you were put on this earth to do this right here this is my thing Don't ask me to sing solo. Don't ask me to do like a business. This right here, talking, is what I do. And I found it out at a young age. And at a young age, when I did it, I was celebrated for it. It's my calling. But you understand, the enemy will always pervert something in your life. He can't create, he can just pervert. He'll even pervert your calling. And you have to be careful, especially when you get celebrated for something. Because whatever you get celebrated for, you will repeat. We become slaves to what we get celebrated for. There's something about that first hand clap. And once you get it, what it does to your soul feels amazing. And you will repeat what you were consistently celebrated for. You become a slave to what you're celebrated for. Can I get into your business tonight? You would be shocked at some young ladies who are beautiful, but they, they would love to post their intellect. They would love to post what they think, but that don't get the likes. And you become a slave to what you're celebrated for. So instead of showing you how smart they are, how you get it? And it's crazy because they'll do it and internally they will hate it. They don't even want to do it. They become a slave to what they got celebrated for. Oh, fellas, we do the same. We do the same. Credit score five. The poster man who live like this y'all see this y'all see this man Gucci dog Gucci Because what you Get celebrated for you will continually repeat So I got celebrated for preaching It's what I got the hand claps for so I started creating theirs my first there, I'll never forget it, because, you know, when you first start preaching, you just preach in your shower. And if you can't preach in a shower, you can't preach in an arena. I, I, I'll never forget one of my first there's was I said, oh, if I ever preach at this youth convention for the North Texas District of the Denomination that I grew up in. Oh, It was like a thousand kids at it. I was like, yo, if they call me to preach there, get back, Bishop Jakes. Your boy is in the building. <laughs> and they called me. They called me. I'll never forget it. I remember my sermon. I preached check your mind space. Because my space, it was this thing before TikTok. They, shut up. Anyway. <laughs> I preached it. And I walked off the stage, and I went, "That's it." They said, "Well, no, that's just the North Texas you think." They had an All Texas one that was like six thousand. Like, oh, if they call me to do that, they called. I preached it, and walked off the stage, and said, "That's it." I said, well, who wants to do youth events? I'm a grown man. Now, come on. If they call me to do, like, all these these big events, these big events, these big events, where, like, there's not just young people with a bunch of Axe body spray. If they call me to do that, oh! They call for that. I preached it. Preached a bunch of big ones. But then I thought another one. I said, oh, but if they call me, you know, if you're really going to do a big, you got to be international. If they call me to preach in Australia, whoa! your boy made it. They called. Preached in an arena. 30,000 people. And I said, well, what, what about London? Preached in London. Had different people. I said, if they call me to preach, that'll be awesome. They called. Preached there. It took me until I was 30 years old to realize there keeps moving there keeps moving and all of us have a there and it is the trick of the enemy to keep on moving the there yeah. to give you this hope that if you finally got there then you could rest and so some of us are on our eighth marriage The seven didn't really know who I was, but this. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying all of us have things in our lives. It is the trick of the enemy to keep moving the there so you'll never rest in the here and the now so that you'll never praise God for where you are right now. I don't even think this is a sermon tonight. I'm being honest. Don't judge my hermeneutics or my homiletics. Tonight is an intervention to stop somebody from moving thinking that once you get there, you can rest. Tonight, is an intervention because if you keep waiting for the there instead of learning how to rest here, you will not experience rest until people are putting hashtag RIP on your tombstone or on your Instagram page because the enemy wants you to keep chasing the there. Some people don't realize it until it's too late. There's this artist musical artists, and many of you probably haven't even heard of him. But he he had this awesome record, and the record sold like 20 million copies. 20 million copies, by every standard. That is a critical and a commercial success. 20 million copies sold, but it wasn't enough for him. He didn't get album of the year. He was so discouraged and distraught that he went to his sister's apartment and he wrote in lipstick, in her lipstick on the window, or rather on the mirror, my next album will sell 50 million copies. And that's an audacious goal, 50 million. His next album came out, he didn't sell 50 million. He sold 100 million (laughs) i To so lose your mind, I had to cut it short. It's wrong this generation. You don't know about them classics. You don't be doing that about no Kodak Black album. A hundred million albums sold worldwide. He doubled what he wrote on the bathroom mirror. He did it. It was the greatest success it was the beginning of his downfall. Once he did Thriller, his life began to spiral. He couldn't sleep at night. Every album after Thriller, he saw as a failure because it never did the numbers that Thriller did. Taking tranquilizers to get rest. Trying To fulfill something that he prophesied in the song, trying to beat it, trying to beat the number that nobody since his death has beat, trying to get there, not realizing that peace doesn't come from there if it's not here, not realizing that you can sleep And not get rest. Because there is a tiredness that is in your soul that even a night's sleep can't fix. Trying to get there. And this is intriguing to me because there's actually a psychological disorder for this. It's called destination addiction. It's where you're obsessed with the next and you can't celebrate the now. It's an actual disorder that people have where you are constantly striving for what's coming next, that you can't ever be present in the now. You're just going through the day to get to the end, that you're not even experiencing the day. It's a compulsive behavior fueled by an erroneous belief that happiness is somewhere else over there. At the next stop of your life. So you're singing that song that the little mouse sang when FIFA went west. Somewhere. There. And there keeps changing. I want to be real practical and give you some blues clues. To let you know if you have destination addiction. If you never fully commit to anything. In case something better comes along. you might be obsessed with there. If you're always in a hurry and you don't even need to be, you might be obsessed with there. If you always think you should be further ahead than you are right now, you might be obsessed with there. If you're always saying next year, next year, next year, I'm going to be less busy and it never happens. You might be obsessed with there. If somebody compliments you and says, man, you're doing a great job. You're killing it. And your response is, I'm getting there. You might have destination addiction. And I saw this in my own life. In my own life. Tell me, you know, Social Dallas, we're doing it. God's doing some awesome things. I've talked to pastors and friends. They're like, it's incredible to see. We got two services, we're a baby church, we lost on Easter. Two services, two locations, consistently had 700 people, six to 700 people every week. And some of my friends are like, man, I see what God is doing, is awesome. And guess what I say? We getting there. And it made me put this message on myself and say, where is there? Is there when we hit a thousand people? Is there when 2,000 people come to social? Is there when 10,000 people come to social? Is there when 30,000 people come to social? Is there when social has multiple campuses in the United States? Is there when social has campuses globally? Social Italy? (laughs) Social Paris? (laughs) Well, Is that, do you see how people will spend their life? chasing there and I just made a decision that I am not going to lose my life chasing there I'm going to celebrate every single moment here I'm going to celebrate if one person gives their life to Jesus I'm going to celebrate if one person gets delivered I'm going to celebrate if five people get set free I'm not going to let the enemy make me keep chasing there. oh don't get it twisted I want God to do exceedingly abundantly above all I may ask Think or imagine but there's something about thanking God for the here before you get there there's something about being settled in your spirit in the here before you get there because if you can't praise God for the here you sure won't praise him for the there because wherever he is that's where the rest is the rest is in him If he's there, that's where the rest is. I'm gonna celebrate everything. I'm gonna celebrate, I was looking, I'm gonna celebrate that our social media is is going crazy. It's exploding. Like, we, we we just planted, we just started. We have more followers on social media I mean, than churches that planted like 10, 15 years ago. And the only reason I know that It's because I looked. Do you see how vulnerable I'm being right now? There's something sick in me comparing our followers on Instagram. <laughs> Talking about, man, that's all y'all got? We just started. And I was checking. Don't laugh at me. I'll tell you, I'm being honest. <laughs> Because we do the same. Because the reason why some of us can't rest is because you're there and somebody else is there. And you keep playing the comparison game and you keep scrolling going man that's the there it's something that you have created you're scrolling for somebody else's there playing the comparison game and you can't be resting when you're comparing you can't be resting when you're competing no wonder you got anxiety you're scrolling making somebody else's there the standard for your life when god never called or created you to be them he called and created you to be you stop scrolling, making somebody else is there. You're there. Something sick in all of our souls that keeps looking, comparing to other people's. There it's amazing if you hang out even with people that have so much. You ever hang out, hung out with somebody that's like, Yo, you're killing it, but in their mind, they're like, No, no, I'm not. You're not. <laughs> No, no, this is just one of the homes. What? <laughs> because they have it there, sometimes in their mind, and sometimes in who they're looking at. And that stops their soul from resting. I came to tell somebody tonight to learn to thank God for the now. If you don't find peace in the now, you'll never have peace in the there. No wonder in that portion of scripture I read in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews is comparing Moses to Jesus. He's comparing Moses to Jesus because we don't know who the writer of Hebrews is and we don't know who he's writing to. But we do know that whoever he's writing to, they have to be Jewish believers because he understands that they understand that God began a covenant with Abraham and that the children of Israel were in the wilderness. And he's comparing Moses to Jesus to let them know that there is a healthy comparison. There's a comparison that will stop you from resting, but there is a healthy comparison that actually brings you clarity. He compares Moses to Jesus because he's trying to bring clarity to them that Moses, who you esteem so highly, ooh, can't touch Jesus, that Jesus is a better Moses. If you thought Moses brought deliverance, you better look at this Savior who brought deliverance. If you think Moses made a way out of no way, you better look at this Savior who made a way out of no way. If you think Moses was powerful because he went to Pharaoh and said let my people go, you better look at Jesus who looked at sin and death and said let my people go. If you think Moses was powerful because he was born a Hebrew, but he was raised an Egyptian, and it was his Egyptian being, it was his Egyptian childhood, but his Hebrew heritage that made him powerful to redeem his people. You better look at Jesus who was fully God and fully man and it was the God in him that helped relate to us and save us but it was humanity in him that let us know that he was one of us. I'm telling you Moses is a way lesser Jesus but then he takes it deeper and says take a lesson from the children of Israel who were in the wilderness And God gave them a promise of there. He said, I got you a promised land that's there. But before I get you there, there's some. Egyptian mentality there's some Egyptian behavior that I got to get out of you before you get there and if you don't learn how to trust me here you'll never get there I'm not saying you shouldn't have hope for a there because I did promise you a land flowing with milk and honey but because you've been a slave for so long because you've been in bondage for so long I have got to take you through a wilderness season and teach you in the wilderness that even when you're in the wilderness If you don't have any resources around you, as long as you got me, your source, you'll have everything that you need. So don't look at the resources in the wilderness. Look at your source in the wilderness. Come on, somebody. Look at the one that will be a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. I'll direct you. I'll be your peace. I know there's no food around you, but guess what? I'm going to make bread fall from the sky. I'm going to show you I can get here you'll never step into the rest there but it starts here starts here it always starts here it is the trick of the enemy to get you obsessed with there to think your peace is there and not live in it here If you can't worship here, if you can't worship in a wilderness season, if you can't worship when you ain't got no job, If you can't worship when your friends have walked away from you and turned their back on you and are talking about you, if you can't worship when there's sickness in your body, see, you're waiting for the there. And I'm telling you, the power is not in there. You'll find a peace that will come here if you'll trust God in the here. God, help me get peace in the now. So I'm not constantly chasing the next. The reason why some of them never got into the promised land is because they couldn't obey in the here. They couldn't obey in the here. And it is a message to us today to say, God, I don't want to lose my hope of the future. Oh, I know you have great things planned for me. But before I get there, I'm gonna trust you in the here. I'm gonna trust you in the journey. Furthermore, I'm not gonna let culture or other people define my there. I'm asking you to give me rest here. Because if you can't receive the rest here, you won't receive it there. I'm gonna ask the worship team to join me. I told you tonight is not a sermon. Tonight is an intervention. It's an intervention for somebody who has their hands on the steering wheel. And you're so determined. I gotta get there. <laughs> and your emotions. And people that you love are in the back seat saying, Can we pull over here? Can we please rest here? I came to tell you today, it's all right to enjoy the journey. It's all right to trust God in the now and still have hope for the next. Now, that was the first word in the scripture that I read. Can you put Hebrews back up there? Hebrews chapter 4. Yeah. Now. The promise of entering to God's rest is still for us today. It always starts in the now. The enemy wants you obsessed with next. That you'll miss the now. The enemy wants you obsessed with the next job, the dream job, that you won't even realize now how faithful God was in the middle of a pandemic, that you are still here, that you are still standing. <laughs> the enemy wants you to walk away from the marriage and the relationship that you have now. Because it seems like it's the wilderness But if you learn to look to the source even in the wilderness you'll have what you need. Can you trust him in the now? I know he can do exceedingly abundantly above all you may ask, think or imagine. I'm not saying lose your hopes and your dreams as long as they're God's hopes and God's dreams. I'm not saying put that on hold. He has a promised land but you can enter the rest now. It's kind of like the believers that never do anything here on earth because they're like, well, I'm just waiting for heaven. Yeah, heaven's coming later. Yeah, that's next. This ain't home. Hallelujah. But I got to do something now. I can bring heaven to earth now. Even though heaven is next. It's the challenge of life. Say, God, let me trust you for the now and that's hard to do when you've been a slave for so long that's why the first time we see the word sabbath is not in the ten commandments it's before that it's when this incredible god who provided in the wilderness caused bread to come down from heaven and he told him on the sixth day i'm going to give you double for what you need because on that seventh day, I want you to rest. Can you imagine when all you've known is slavery? All you've known is that your value is in what you do. All you've known is that your value is what you produce. And now God is saying, rest, chill. I can see them on that seventh day talking about Just let me go do something. And they did. <laughs> Exodus 16. Read it when you get to the crib. They did. <laughs> they still were trying to go out and strive. Because that's what they'd always known. It takes work to stop working. It takes strength to stab It, it takes strength to stop trying to justify yourself and think that if I just come to church enough if I just read my Bible enough if I just sing the songs enough that God will love me it takes strength to say if I don't do anything yes I want to do it out of love but what he has done has already been accomplished there's nothing I can do to earn righteousness there's nothing I can do to earn grace it is a free gift is there anybody thankful today that you don't have to strive that Jesus is not looking at your record he's looking at his record, which was perfect. I don't got to be perfect. I had a Savior that came down just like that bread. He put on human skin. He lived the life that I was supposed to live. He died the death that I was supposed to die once and for all. That's why I don't have shame. That's why I don't have condemnation because I don't have to keep earning my righteousness. I don't have to keep earning his love. It was already done when he hung on a cross and said, It is finished. Somebody needs to give them some praise for that in this place today. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to strive for it. It's already been accomplished. Stop having sleepless nights trying to earn something that has already been accomplished for you. Pull over. And rest Thank you, God. rest in the now and trust him for the next because he's already done it would you stand to your feet whenever I go out to eat with somebody because I try to operate in generosity Taylor knows my trick going out to eat with somebody I'll say uh can I go to the restroom I'm gonna go to the restroom and I go to the restroom and I'll find our waiter I was like look I want no problems after this <laughs> here's my card I'm gonna pay for it don't take their card been my trick for years just get up early you're handed I went with this couple the other day I never forget it and I went to go do my trick This dude had a relationship with the owner. <laughs> Knew every waiter in there. <laughs> I don't know if they got a card on file. <gasps> so, Mr. Madu, it's already taken care of. I said, mean, No, man, but dude, it's already taken care of. But, man, charge something on it, man. Pay. <laughs> it, it's already been paid for. <laughs> there was nothing I could do to pay for it again. I had to walk away I had to walk away I'd just go say thank you man next time I'm picking the restaurant <laughs> no you had it like that <laughs> some of y'all are still standing at the restaurant go on let me pay Jesus let me pay No, 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 let me pay. Let me, no, I'll I'll come to church. No, no, I'll, let let, He's going, it's, it's already being paid for. Rest. Rest. Receive the rest now. Trust him for the next. And as every head be bowed, all eyes closed. Jesus, thank you that there is a there there is a promise that you've given us. Jesus, thank you that this Earth is not our home, that one day you will come, you will rescue us, you will save us, you will take us to be with you. But God thank you, we don't have to wait till heaven to receive the rest. We can enter into it. I pray for my brother. I pray for my sister who's so obsessed with the next They can't trust you for now. They're so obsessed with there. Some of them have created a there that is not even the destination you have for them. But they're so blinded by that there that they don't notice that you are here. God, help us to see you in the here and in the now. Help us to know that your presence with us in the wilderness is every single thing that we need. So God, we'll trust you and worship you in the wilderness so we can do it in the promised land. But help us to see that it starts here before there. Head still bowed and eyes still closed. If you'd be so honest to say this is, this is for me. I've, I've been obsessed with the next. Some of you, because you're comparing it to somebody else's there. Some of you, is just like maybe Michael Jackson. It's the voice in your head saying, I got a beat. I got to beat it. I got to beat what I did before. It's that gnawing in your soul of I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I, I should be further along by now. I should. No, 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 no. Rest. Heads about, eyes are closed but feeling it head of night. And saying I need to trust him in the now and receive the rest now. Because you've been blinded by the next. Would you just lift up your hand today as a sign to say that's me. Yeah, yeah. Wow, Jesus, thank you. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, God. Oh, God, thank you that you love us enough to give us rest now. Oh, God, I pray for every hand that is lifted, even as they lift up their hands. God, would you lift up that burden, that stress, that anxiety that makes them feel that they're not enough, that they're on this hamster wheel of always trying to strive and look ahead. God, let your peace that passes all understanding come to them right now, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. Yes, that's awesome, but it starts with now, now, now. We receive it now, Jesus. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. God, we trust you now. Even before we see it, we trust you now. I'm not waiting for the healing to rest in it I trust you for it now I'm not waiting for the financial situation to change for me to trust you for it I trust you for it now thank you Jesus thank you Jesus head still bowed eyes still closed if you're in here watching online and you've never taken that first step which is to say Jesus my life is yours Maybe you've been saying, I'll give my life there later, later, because you're trying to get yourself together. I'm telling you, you can't get yourself together. You need a Savior. You're here today, and you've never surrendered your life to him. This Savior, who has already lived the life you were supposed to live and died the death you were supposed to die, says you can receive a rest now, now, today. Today. That's you. Would you just lift up your hand high enough, long enough, to where I can see it? Maybe you need to rededicate your life to Him today, and say, "God, I'm giving You my life." Yeah, yeah. I see those hands. I see those hands. Thank You, God. Thank You, God. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Here's what I want to do. If you lifted up your hand for either one of those, I know it might be crazy, but this is how we do on Sunday night. There were so many hands. The worship team is going to lead us in a song, but I just want you to leave where you are now. And step here to the front just as a sign to say, God, I'm going to worship you and trust you now, and I'm going to have hope for the next. I'm telling you right now, if you lifted up your hand, whether you're in the balcony, in the back, come on, I want you to come tonight. I believe God wants to do, come on, a deep work tonight in your life. Come on, even as you take each step, you're saying, God, I'm trusting you for every single step. Come on, that's how you trust Him. The same way you're walking is the same way you trust Him. It's every single day. He's my daily bread. I trust you with this step. I trust you with that step. Come on, come all the way to the front. All the way to the front. I don't care how far you gotta walk. I'm telling you, this is an intervention for somebody. God says, you're gonna not waste years of your life chasing a certain rest area. But God says you can receive the rest now. Receive it now. Receive it now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, get as close to the altar as you can. I want the worship team to lead us. And I want you to receive the rest and the peace from God now. Would you even just posture your hands if you can just to receive it now. Receive it now. God, I'm trusting you for the next. But I receive your peace now. Thank you, Jesus. We trust you for the now. Receive peace in the now. We would like to thank you for being a part of our social global family. Please head to our website, socialdallas.online, and see the many ways you can stay connected with us from around the world. Remember, when you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to being social.